Hey everyone, and welcome back to Millennial Mind. I'm so excited to tell you that I've got a new summer series with a very special guest and one that you all loved when she came on my podcast. Every week, I'm trying to make this podcast better for you, and I only ask for one small, tiny little favor from all of you, which is to press the subscribe or follow button wherever you're watching this. I'm so excited to introduce you to this very special series, so let's get into it. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. All in one place, for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Rona. Giovanni. So excited to have you back on here as a permanent resident DJ <laughs> guest. I feel, I feel like we could be good DJs looks wise. But anyway, we are starting this new summer series. Welcome. We are here today and we're going to be doing a couple of episodes, well, eight episodes actually, of us together every single week. And this is our first one and we're going to be talking about Instagram growth. I'm so excited for this series. I think that Shrine's Trailblazer, it's a really important conversation. I feel that we're going to be able to really relate to people. We're going to be able to give kind of solid advice. We really want to help everyone. So yeah. I'm very excited to do that. And we're going to be talking about loads of controversial topics, which sometimes don't necessarily have like an hour to go into like deep, meaningful things, which is what I do with the other guests. So this is a bit more like chatty, showing a different side to me because I, like you said, I'm quite serious on my normal podcast. But today we're going to be talking about Instagram growth. It's a topic that I have so much to say about and one that I think is just a bit ridiculous in the society that we live in today. So what I mean by that is you'll scroll on TikTok for about three seconds and it'll come up with, I'm going to show you how to get to 15,000 followers in just one second. And it's just so annoying that we're just so focused on the numbers, the growth, quick wins, quick fixes, and forgetting about the real reason why we're on that platform. When I go onto it, I sort of resent the app. And the reason why I resent the app is because I see it as a huge advertising platform. Mm-hmm. And when I see that, I feel that we are just treated as data. And actually, these people that have the platform or create these platforms or the big kind of moguls that then take them on they just see us as data to facilitate an advertising commodity and I just don't like that Mm -hmm. and I think I feel that overwhelm when I'm in there and that's why it's really easy to be tempted by oh my god I need to buy this I need to buy that and that instant gratification because it's an addictive platform is something that we're constantly seeking we are addicted to it I mean I, I definitely think I am addicted to it in the sense that I couldn't live without it however I did go to Unplugged and I did switch off for three days and I felt completely fine I read a book when I was there and it was called Digital Minimalism. And that book essentially said that social media is like a slot machine. 
sometimes you'll post something and you'll do really well and sometimes you'll post something and it'll get like no likes and I think that's really really true of TikTok because if you put, I post something on there it'll get like 300 views and then the next one will get like 1.5 million views and I'm like what was different and I think now we're trying to find a method to this madness you know we're trying to find a method this is what will make you go viral this is your hook this is the structure this is the strategy and whilst I think there should be a structure of storytelling and whilst I think there can be for reels and video form content I think the emphasis on we have to grow, we have to hit the big numbers, we have to be on these apps 24-7, post six times a day, is draining our society. But that's why we're feeding directly into the vortex. Mm -hmm. Because what they want us to do, people that run these platforms, they want that element of addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, what is addiction? Addiction is dependency on a substance in order to get your high. So our high is getting those likes and getting that dopamine rush. Mm -hmm. You know what? It makes us feel good. It does. And I work hard. And we put something online and that value is placed. Like people are like, oh, I like what she's done. We're like, oh my God, I've done something right. I'm being recognized. And then the opposite happens when you don't get that recognition what did I do wrong did I not post something correctly did I not give the content oh gosh and you almost feel a little bit shamed I think we've changed the narrative in our minds recently because I've also realized there is an element of an algorithm and that algorithm one day might just not favor you for whatever reason and it actually isn't the quality of the content and maybe we are overthinking it because actually we're just feeding into this huge robotic loop it's so funny because I shared this previously with you that because my platform grew very quickly I was really aware about it being a fluke. So when it grew from like 15,000 to 50K in a week, I was like, it's a fluke. Then it grew from 50K to 80K in like a month. And I was like, fluke again. Then it grew from like 80K to 110K. And I was like, is this is this what happens? Like when you grow, do you just grow really quickly? Again, grew from 110 to 130. And I was like, this is normal. I'm going to grow 10K, 20K a month. And it stopped. And it was really hard for me because in the beginning, I was very aware that it was a fluke, but then it became a habit. Then it became a pattern. And naturally, the first thing I thought was, oh my God, my content's not that good. Criticizing every single little thing, being like, what am I doing wrong? You know, how can I change and how can I adjust? And I think there's an element of continuous improvement. There's an element of being 1% better and I implement those strategies. However, there is also that obsession that you can get. And actually last week, I just had this realization and I was like, so many of us are so obsessed with the numbers. I'm telling you right now, I have been. And I went through that phase in my life when my my Instagram following was just so stagnant and I felt really upset. And then I just realized last week, am I helping people? That should be the question you ask yourself. Are you helping people? If the answer is yes, great, continue. Because what I truly, truly believe is that if you're slow and you're steady, you will always 100% win. The problem is, is what happens is when you get demotivated by the lack of likes, the lack of engagement, you stop. That's what will stop you. The thing is, there comes, you know, people say also like, don't give up, don't give up. You have to keep pushing. However, for me, and I've mentioned this before, it's about a pivot as well, right? Agree. Keep going. So with that slow and steady analogy that you gave, and it just doesn't change. At some point, you've got to be like, oh, do I switch up my content? Now, something exactly. happened to me actually um, in the last week. So I very much have a particular style with my content. And I would say in the last couple of years, it doesn't have the, the same virality as other dentists, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm an aesthetic dentist. So I love to show my aesthetic work, which doesn't do very well, by the way, by the mm-hmm. rhythm. I like to show kind of my lifestyle stuff, you know, and things about my life and sharing kind of like a few comical things. I tried to switch up the content because I saw some dentists posting things that were really... They were more the kind of like educational, but it seemed very basic educational, like Diet Coke is bad for your teeth or Coke is bad for your teeth or whatever stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pivot in this direction. And the algorithm hated it for my page. It was really interesting. Now, 
The other thing was, is that I had a conversation with one of my friends who's one of the most successful influencers online and a savvy businesswoman. And she was like, I want to stay true to myself. In fact, we were talking about podcasts and she was like, I know everyone's doing it, but I'm not going to do it because mm -hmm. I've always been an influencer doing X and I'm going to stick to that because the authenticity is exactly. there. And jumping on the bandwagon of things is not necessarily like stick to what you know and just stick to how you do it well. So I think you've got to think to yourself, I've been doing it a certain way. My message is X, Y, and Z. Could I be portraying it in a way that's slightly different Correct. as the platform you know, goes through this evolutionary period? It's the same with me. So I, I completely agree with the pivot point. I did my India series. I figured out I wanted a new studio. I got this new studio. We're doing the summer series. That's how I've pivoted. Am I going to give up on the podcast because it because I don't get that many likes or whatever on some videos? No. And I think that's the message. Don't give up on the purpose. Don't give up on what you're good at. And also don't completely change as a person. You will never see a jumping TikTok from me going bum, 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 bum. It's just not me. I'm not going to do it. It's just, I can't do it. My new outfits. It's just, I can't do it. And so it's not true to me. And this is where I think that the world has gone mad. Because so many of us are doing things to conform, to fit in, and because of status. And you know what I'm going to say next? I know exactly what you're going to say next. Every single person can now get verified on Instagram by doing one simple thing. Pay $11.99, boom, you're verified. Now, what are your thoughts on this? Because I have so much to say and I'm going to not be able to control myself. So, you know what? It's, I think it's really important for us to take a step back and really understand why verification exists and yeah. why people do it, right? Initially, there was a platform, Instagram. Mm -hmm. Blue ticks were to show that people say who they are. However, it was only accessible to celebrities and people in the public eye. Now, prior to Instagram, I don't think we've ever had accessibility to celebrities or to people in the public eye. So suddenly, I could see what Leonardo DiCaprio is doing. Yeah. I could see what Megan Fox is having for breakfast. I could see what all of these people were doing. And I knew it was really them because they were verified. Exactly. A step further, people developed a following. That following then entitled them also to a status, i.e. the blue tick. So although Instagram's intention was it is a tick to show you, show that somebody is who they say they are. Exactly. He then immediately associated with status. and Popularity. Exactly. And the other thing is, is that people, I know some people found it like when they, you know, the single pool, even when I was single, someone's DM'd me, oh, they've got a blue tick, who are they? So true. Who are they? Because they must be a celebrity because they must have a following and they must have some kind of popularity and therefore I'm attracted to them or I want to know who they are. As I said, if you deem yourself to be somebody that's normal, you know, as we both are, you think, oh, who's this person reaching out to me? Now, when I recognised, and I'm being completely transparent and honest and vulnerable, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, you know what? I want to be one of the first dentists to be verified. And why did I want to do that? It was to grow my business. Why? Because I thought that perhaps, you know, also back in the day, did you know that if you had a blue tick and you sent a message and you were in the kind of outbox, you know what I mean by the outbox, your message comes up first. Correct. You know that. So I thought it would give me better business opportunities. And that's the reason why I did it. And then I researched it and I said, how do I create those business opportunities um, through the blue tick? And how do I get the blue tick? And I found out that a lot of it was to do with like being on Google, having enough press, being on TV. So I grafted for Shivani for years. I grafted and I did it the normal way. I applied. I showed my articles. I showed the TV. I worked damn hard to get it. Mm -hmm. I felt like I really deserved it. It's almost in the same way where someone like competes for something. I know so it sounds ridiculous. but I understand. And unfortunately with that, especially in the dental arena, came respect. Dentists were sort of like, oh, she's amazing. She's a celebrity. Why was I a celebrity? Because I had a blue tick. Like, yeah. This is really weird. But it was like a really sort of strange form of validation. And I felt like in a way it made me 
be set apart from the other dentists because I was like, I'm the one that's verified, you know? And a lot of them tried to get it, but they didn't Mm -hmm. want to put in the same graft. They thought they could just get verified and they didn't for many, many years. And then they started to copy a few things and they started being like, oh, let's do press, let's do this, et cetera. But still, as you know, Instagram made it much more difficult. And then as you said, the 1199 thing came along and then all of a sudden, everyone was being verified. I had some people that had like 300 followers and 10 posts had put zero effort into their following, zero effort into anything. But the thing that crossed my mind was, why are you doing it? Before we get into that, I just want to say my opinion on it because I don't want anyone to take this incorrectly. I think that if somebody owns up and says, I am verifying myself, like there was this influence I know and I rate her so much because she went on her stories and said, do not congratulate me for my blue tick. The blue tick, exactly what you just said, means I'm verifying that it is me and that so no fake accounts can be made about me, number one. Number two, my Instagram account has actually been taken away from me twice and that caused significant damage to my business. And number three, Meta are now going to push the content and they're available for support. So she was like, I don't understand why anyone wouldn't get verified, right? I know myself and I know that if I had bought verification and let's say, like you said, my name was at the top of everyone's email inboxes, like all these celebrities, and I got all of these amazing guests on my podcast, I would feel like I bought it. But that is me as an individual. That is just me. And I'm not saying anyone else should feel like that. I'm just saying like me as a person. And I don't have any problem with anyone buying the verification and owning up to it. The problem I have is the lying. The lying and saying, oh my God, I just woke up to getting a blue tick and I had no idea. Like even he's laughing. It's just bloody ridiculous. The thing that really bothered me is that I had sudden people going like, thank you so much, Meta. Finally, all my hard work has paid off. It's comical. But the thing is, it's comical because you know what? Some people, and I have actually said to some of my friends that have have got huge followings, I've even said it to you, Shivani. I'm like, you deserve to have it. And that's the thing. Like, maybe, again, maybe this is my own projection of the way that I view the world, but I don't feel like we should be congratulated or we should be given some kind of homage or gift because we exist. Exactly. What happens to working hard and then reaping the rewards? It's almost like going to the gym and saying to a personal trainer, I'm going to commit to a six-month program and I want to get fit. I want to increase, you know, I want to build up my running. I want Mm -hmm. muscle. And then being like, you know what, actually, I'm going to get liposuction and I'm going to tell everyone that I went. Exactly. You just don't put in the hard work. And that's a societal problem. And I keep going back to this time and time again. We blame the individuals, but we should blame society for what we congratulate. No, you should take personal responsibility. I don't agree with that because at the end of the day, if we weren't a society that was built on just gratifying people for the superficial things in life. I disagree. I'm going to take it a step further. You can disagree as much as much as you want, right? But also there's certain other platforms. For example, let's look at OnlyFans, right? Let's mm-hmm. look at OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. OnlyFans is a platform that people have said is great because it allows them to be business savvy. However, we know that notoriously allows people to send in a to post photos arguably appropriately inappropriately Mm -hmm. and they get money for this yeah and a lot of young girls have used the platform to post certain types of content to get that monetary return right and i understand what they're doing it but there's also been stories which is really sad where like nurses doctors scientists make more money on those platforms they do they do becoming a healthcare professional so who do we blame the individual person no society for for giving them a bigger reward for doing things like that that is a that is a whole conversation about the NHS crisis and how much we don't pay individuals. It's crisis. 
Yeah, I understand. Your point there is valid around society. But at the same time, I think it's very easy to blame society and be like, but I'm influenced because I'm rewarded on validation. I'm rewarded on validation. I would get bigger guests right now if I bought my bought followers and bought likes. So does that justify my actions? No, you have to take the personal responsibility and have your own values and your own integrity. Anyway, back to my point about the whole lying thing. I think the problem that we have in the, in society is that, and, I, and I've seen this so much with Instagram and you think about it with brand deals and things like that. Who are you lying to? If you're getting verified because you think it's going to make you more cool, more popular and desirable, are you okay with just paying for that? Because where, where does the line, where, where, do you, where do you cross the line? But you know what? I liken it to something else and you might totally disagree with me. It's in the same way that I don't understand people over editing their photos. Don't get me wrong. I agree. Face tune. I get. But there are some women or and possibly even men that literally are so happy having their entire feed so edited that they're actually irrecognisable in mm -hmm, life. Mm -hmm. And the really sad thing is it's not just happening with older people, it's happening with teenagers. Oh, 100%. And actually they become embarrassed of being seen in public because they're living this online zona of looking a certain way. And like you said, like, what's the point? Because you actually can't live in your own existence. You, know? you end up hating yourself. I think it's it's a really, really sad conversation. And like, we are basically moving, I believe, into a world that's entirely fake. And mm -hmm. I genuinely believe people are going to be living through their AI character. So they will. Said, they're going to be living like, you know, instead of being like, Shivani, should we meet up for our podcast? I'm like, babes, do you want to meet in the metaverse? We put a headset on. I don't have to leave my house. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I have to leave our house. I look better and I, I look nicer online. I can choose my clothes every day. And people are going to identify as their AI. I honestly feel that that's the way the world is moving. However, which is pretty grim. In terms of the verification thing, you know, people have their own reasons. They do. I think that, you know, you and I feel strongly about it for, because we're hard workers. It's not that. I want to prevent us from moving into a society where we feel we have to fit in. And I think it's really sad because what I think has happened with this whole verification thing, the reason why I think it's sad is people will stop there. Because I have a blue tick now. I won't work hard. But I won't fulfill my purpose. Now that everybody has a blue tick, has paid for a blue tick, can have a blue tick. Has the value gone? Has the value diminished? And what does it mean for Instagram? Yeah, I think it absolutely has. I think that the problem is, is that we I, we can't just change our minds and think a blue, blue tick is now you, you've paid for it. It doesn't mean anything. Because there are people on that platform like you who are legitimately verified and therefore do have more of an influence over other people who are perhaps have a smaller following or not as verified, whatever it is. And so how are brands going to distinguish now? And I think this whole thing around brand partnerships and all of that stuff. Again, the problem with brand partnerships, I, I, I do brand partnerships. It's how I fund this podcast. I don't have a sponsor on this podcast. When you guys listen to this podcast, we don't have to stop it for an ad break. The way I fund that is I do brand partnerships with the brands that align to me. Now, the problem is, is that there are people out there who do brand partnerships for brands that they've never used, they've never tried, they have absolutely no interest in. And that's what we're going to be seeing now more and more and more of because the brands just want the reach. But now that you can buy followers, now that you can buy likes, now that you can buy views and you can buy the blue tick, how the hell are brands going to know who to sponsor and who to not? The problem is, is that also we're giving so much credit and credibility to the higher powers that control these platforms. Exactly. We're assuming they care about us. They don't care about us. Mm -hmm. You know, they're plugging us. We, as, as I said, we are data. We are data for advertising platforms. Yeah. So the more people they have on the platforms, the better it is for them. Let's do the math. Eleven ninety nine pounds a month. Exactly. Times a million people. Do you think they're going to care about these little no. things? No, they do not care. And that's when another new platform will come along. But mm -hmm. again, as a society, we need to make that decision. Do we just continuously give our data and allow us to be controlled by these higher powers that essentially are going to be brainwashing us and then making our decisions for us? I think the number one question to ask yourself 
is whenever you're questioning, there'll be people that are watching this and be like, what's the big deal? And if and if you're and if you think that and you're somebody who has got verified, then ask yourself the same question of why you're not open about it. You will never lie about something that you truly believe in. You will never lie about something that you don't feel embarrassed about or shameful about. So if verification just means that you are verifying the user, then why are people lying? The reason people are lying is because it is seen as a societal status, celebrity, influential, whatever person. That is the reason. And people are also lying and saying, thank you, Meta. Thank you to this platform who's given it to me. What are you on about? If you if you do something, you can't just get verified straight away. I knew about my billboard on Thursday night, Wednesday night. Thursday morning it was going live. I could apply for verification on Wednesday night. Thursday morning, I could have woken up and said, oh my God, I'm on a billboard and I've got verified and no one would have questioned it. But who am I lying to? You're only lying to yourself. Exactly. But again, we go back to the thing is, if you won't admit it, you truly believe that society is going to deem that you are good enough because exactly. you've been awarded some kind of status. Exactly. And that's my point is, look, this is no shade to anyone who has got verified. I think everyone has their own individual reasons for it. I think at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, it's really important not to lie to yourself because what that will do is you'll just keep seeking the validation. And once you've got the blue tick and you realize, okay, I'm not getting the engagement. I'm not getting the things that I want out of this platform. I don't want to do this anymore. Either you'll feel coerced into buying likes and buying followers, which someone has told me that people are doing more and more of now. Method, stop that, to be honest. No, you can still do it. You can still do it. And I think that that's the whole point is we're constantly feeding into this idea of what we should be because everyone else has told us to be. And we're just going on this rat race in social media and we're forgetting why we're on the platform in the first place. For some people, it's to hang out with their friends. For some people, it's to keep up with their friends. For people like you, exactly. For people like you and I, mine is to give value and to share value. I don't believe that me getting verified at the moment is going to prohibit me from sharing value. Do I believe that if I paid for verification that I would have access to bigger guests? Yes. Do I believe if I pay? No, I I think that it, because we can't overnight change the perception of it, I think for now, it would give me value. I'm happy with the guests that I'm getting. I'm happy with the rate that I'm growing. I'm happy with the people that I'm helping. And for me, my sole purpose on this platform is to give value. If in a five years time, Meta Verify me, I can go to sleep at night knowing that I did it the way I wanted to, not the right way, the way I wanted to do it. And that is the way I want to do it. It's the same, for example, how I would never pay a PR agent to do PR for me. But I want to talk about that with you because when I put this in my question box, someone said, what's the difference between paying for PR and what's the difference between paying for Meta? So my PR journey was really interesting and I've got a huge insight into this. I was working in an NHS practice on High Street, Kensington. That practice was surrounded by a lot of journalist buildings. So, for example, we were opposite like Daily Mail, Telegraph, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So a lot of the journalists used to come in as patients. And I was really keen to put dentistry in a positive light in the press. Got it. That was a mission, right? So I was like, right, what is it? And like, I was doing a lot of vision boards at that time. I was like, I want the press to view dentistry as an essential mm. medical a procedure because they just didn't and it was always really negative it was always like this dentist botched me horror story here horror story there really? I had this kind of mission to totally change the public's perception on dentistry because I truly believe that we could help so many people that people just weren't empowered so when those journalists came in I would actually like present to them and be like hey guys do you want to know about this and they liked me they were like dentistry is so unsexy it's so not cool mm. what are we going to say about this anyway so I actually pitched loads of ideas to them and off the back of that I got lots of articles I think my first article was like stylist 
then I said to Invisalign, like, oh, I'd love to treat someone with Invisalign, them to document their journey, like paid for the entire treatment. And I met a girl from Grazia and did all of that. Anyways, I, get to, I got to the point that the journalists had, I built up a reputation. So they all kind of like knew me and mm. they loved me, but I didn't want to manage it myself. So I outsourced it. I found a PR agency through word of mouth that wanted to work with me. And I was like, you just manage it. I'll like got it. pitch my ideas. Now, people think you pay a PR agency and you're like, oh, I want to be in Tatler. I want to be in Vogue. And then they can just get it for you. It doesn't work like that, Shivani, because literally the kinds of people are so, you have to remember there's something different between being good at something and also being press savvy. And journalists will not just write about you for the same mm. That's their reputation on the line True. as well. So when I said to my PR agency, these are where I want to be and this is for the reason why, they said, what do you want to pitch to them? And they did the introduction. But the journalist is not obligated to write about you or Got it. something just based on what you pay for the PR. What the PR is, they present you with the opportunities and they do the introductions and you help them with the pitches and the ideas. And if the Got journalist it. likes you or if they're invited for a treatment and they enjoy the treatment then they will write about it. Does that make sense? I think I've been uh, had a skewed opinion because I get about 75 email requests every single day of, we do the PR for Vogue, we do the PR for Forbes, and if you pay £5,000, we'll feature you in the top 10 aspiring entrepreneurs list. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, why would I pay for that? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I think that was my perception for you. So that's what I mean, I wouldn't pay for that. So I understand what you're saying. But I think, look, to wrap this up, at the end of the day, just be honest with yourself is the thing that I would say. Be true to yourself always. Be true to who you are. And, you know, I rate people who are really open and honest about their verification. What I find fundamentally wrong is lying. But in general, I find that in when people yeah. lie about buying followers or likes or whatever, I find that inauthentic. And same when they lie about brands and they say, I don't have any affiliation or um, I'm not associated, I'm not getting paid for this brand. Yeah, but it's your sister's brand. So, of course, you're not going to get paid for it. Yeah. That is what I have the problem with, with this whole Instagram marketing strategy at the moment. And as I said to you, I mean, I, I echo your sentiments a lot. And I think it'd be really interesting, Shivani, to see what other people's views are. And as I mm-hmm. said, because we realize that instant gratification does nothing. It does nothing. And that's the connection that you and I have had, that we recognize the hustle, the drive, the like, I will get what I deserve if I put in the work and time. Mm-hmm. And it becomes frustrating when we see people that don't work as hard and are like, oh, do you know what, et cetera. However, having said that, just to summarize as well, if I have the opportunity to verify my clinic, Chelsea Dental Clinic, I will do it. Why? And the reason why I'll do it is because it's a business so actually I think that Meta have made a mistake because I think businesses should be verified not individual people but why so say I could say my podcast is a business my Instagram yeah, is a business you could do yeah, absolutely but the thing is is like Chelsea Dental Clinic for example with me um, because of the popularity of the clinic that I you know created around it over the last few years a lot of clinics have bid on it in Google, for example. So if you type in Chelsea Dental Clinic, three practices come up above me. And I'm not going to pay tens of thousands of pounds to come up as number one. I'm literally Chelsea Dental Clinic. Do you see what I mean? So it's like little things like that. What do you mean people have paid for it to come so above you? If you pay for Google AdWords through kind of your agency or people that manage your website, if they type in Chelsea Dental Clinic, it means that people in Chelsea have like bid for that. So they've paid Google more so that when people type into the Google, they come above me. Oh. It kind of like tracks them from finding me. Does that make sense? Got it. So I'm like, that's annoying, you know, because I've actually spent years building that brand and building that clinic. Mm. So for me, it allows that degree of like credibility. And also my clinic has been in the press a lot. My clinic has been verified in lots of different ways in the public domain. We've treated a lot of influencers, celebrities, etc. Mm-hmm. You've been on yeah, TV multiple it. times. And if I can't get it the original way, which I've been applying for literally the last five years, I have the opportunity to pay for it. I will. 
you know? But then I guess that's what some people's justification would be for people who have paid for it. Right. And, and, and I agree with that. I and think I it's fine. But, I, agree with but I think the fundamental thing there you said is I will own it. I will. That's the most important thing. If you're lying to your followers and you're lying to your friends and you're lying to everyone else, what will continue to happen is you'll continue to lie about things. And I genuinely think this is why we have like a mental health crisis in the UK is we're congratulating things. We're congratulating Clout. people literally. On clout. We're literally congratulating people when they're lying. And you feel shit. And someone actually, oh my God, somebody messaged me and said, Shivani, when you compliment someone, she, she said to me, is there such thing as like a bad compliment? Because I complimented someone. Backhanded. No, no, no. She goes, is there such a bad thing as a positive compliment? Because I complimented someone and they got really annoyed with me. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, she just got verified. So I messaged her to say congratulations. And her response was, you don't need to congratulate me. It's nothing special. Literally anyone can do it. And she was like, whoa, I was just congratulating you because, you know, you did, you've done loads of hard work and you've, you've been on this platform for ages. And the girl said, well, no, I haven't. And she felt awful inside. And when, when, when she told me that, she said she felt really guilty because everyone thought that she had got it because she had been working really hard or whatever. And she actually Definitely. felt inauthentic. Exactly. So it's interesting. I also think some people are just like, you know, they can be fake. I would feel sick every day of my life if someone said to me, like, if I get something for free, by the way, and I give it to someone else, I have to tell them. Like, I can't, my mom's always like, you don't have to say you got this and you're giving it to your brother. Like, for example, I'll be like, oh, I got it for free. Do you want it? And... I just can't lie. I'm just like, oh, by the way, I got it for free. So do you want it? I literally said to you earlier, didn't I? Like, you're the most direct person. I'm like, does she hate me sometimes? Because she's just so like... I'm so direct. <laughs> okay. Um, but I know that. And I love that about you now that I know that. I think it's because I'm always... But look, at the end of the day, I think everybody has their own reasons. They're insecure about it. Yeah. But the only reason I'm saying is like, please don't, is I don't want to fuel your insecurity. I don't need to feel continuously insecure because you shouldn't feel insecure. It's not a big deal if you're not verified. If you're doing it genuinely to get the likes and the clout, you're just going to, you're never escaping this. But that's the thing. But that's their own issue. If they are going deeper and deeper into that matrix, it's not your job to take them out. And sooner or later, they yeah. it. And you know that with I just feel bad. stories where people suddenly hit a wall because they've been living a life based on lies, based on, you know, public persona, on the way that they look, and they will eventually hit that wall. And that's, I guess it's not our job. But look, whatever the reason, just remember, be true to yourself. Exactly. At the end of the day, you will hit that wall. You will feel crap about yourself. You will also run into the wrong people. Because, yeah. for example, if you're doing it to be more desired or to be more popular, you're going to attract those people exactly. that have the same value system. 100%. So if you're attracting people that value those superficial things, you're going to feel lonelier than ever. Exactly my point. That's, that's literally the best way to summarize it. Absolutely wonderful. I hope you all enjoyed our first episode. And let us know in the comment what you think about Instagram verification. Do you think you should buy it or not? And we will see you next week.